Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned into the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everybody, thank you for downloading another episode of the Cherry Picking Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Cherry, and I am so grateful that you have downloaded this show. It's been a few weeks since I've recorded a podcast, and that's partly been due to the fact that there hasn't been much news around college football to report on, and so I, I really didn't have anything relevant or new or fresh to say or to, to speak on. In regards to college football, but there is a little bit of news that's kind of circulating right now. So I thought, why not jump back on the mic, talk about college football and the outlook of college football in 2020. I'm still pretty much against college football coming back in the fall. I I don't think I've seen anything that has led me to believe that we are in a better place now than we were four months ago, uh, which is kind of sad. But I did want to talk through some of the latest news and the developments around college football and trying to get it back this fall. So we'll dive right in here. So I'm recording this episode on July 27th. It's a Monday. And so college football, still haven't heard definitively from the the, the entire NCAA uh, that there will be a season. But I believe a few weeks ago or 10 days ago, we learned that the Big Ten was going to adopt a league-only or a conference-only schedule this year. So they they will not do any non-conference games. They'll keep all the competition to the conference itself. That was a, a pretty big development when it came out because up to this point or up to that point, we hadn't heard from any conference that they were going to adopt that type of model. Everything that we had heard thus far, everything that we hadn't heard led us to believe that colleges and conferences were still going to try to have college football in the fall. Now, some folks who are close to college football, they believe that this could be a very pivotal week for the fate of college football. Again, I'm recording this on July 27th, so they believe this would be the week that we could potentially hear more about the plan for college football to resume this fall. So in the ACC, we're still waiting to hear what the proposed plan will be. So an Atlantic Coast Conference schedule model, including a proposed starting and uh, starting date and a league championship game date, could be revealed as early as Wednesday of this week. I believe the athletic directors are meeting on Tuesday and are expected to uh, expected to forward a finalized model proposal to the ACC presidents who will meet on Wednesday and they have the ability to approve it. It could go back to the ADs for more discussion in a scheduled meeting on Thursday. Uh, But then there's also uh, another option there to push this out another week, which would be certainly the less desirable option of the three. But following a lot of reporters and people close to college football believe that something from the ACC could be dropping this week. Certainly, the the most important decision to be made would be the format. So is there going to be a 10-game league schedule plus one non-conference game? Or will there be an eight-game league schedule plus one non-conference game? So that's a decision that could be coming down the pike here this week. You also have to factor in how much Notre Dame will be brought into the mix. The Fighting Irish aren't technically in the ACC for football 
They play, um, I, I believe they have six opponents from the ACC that they play each year since uh, uh, entering into an agreement or an arrangement with the ACC several years ago. So I would think, just uh, trying to be logical and thinking through this logically, that Notre Dame would be in the mix somehow. And so I think that will be something that if we hear it this week or if we hear it next week, that the ACC will come out and say, here's what the proposed plan is, and this is how Notre Dame will be a part of that. So Notre Dame, I don't think, is going to be left out in any way. I, I think when this initially broke out about the Big Ten going to a conference-only schedule, a lot of people jumped out the woodworks to say, oh, that's too bad for Notre Dame. You know, They already lost some of their opponents from the Big Ten by the Big Ten deciding to keep it all in conference. They're like, well, too bad, so sad. You should have been in the Big Ten all along because there's a lot of Big Ten loyalists, a lot of Big Ten followers who believe Notre Dame is a Big Ten team. Uh, geographically speaking, they are in the in within the Big Ten country. But I don't think Notre Dame is going to get left off at all. I think they'll find a plan, uh, they'll devise a strategy to keep Notre Dame in the ACC. But again, expect more information and more news to come out of that. Hopefully this week you know along the same lines of thinking if the ACC announces its plans this week will the Big Ten and the SEC do the same we're still kind of waiting for a decision there from the Big Ten of the Big 12 and the SEC the the Big Ten was the first to come out with the conference only schedule and then the Pac-12 made their decision to cancel non-conference play but the SEC and the Big 12 still have yet to make any sort of announcement in regards to what they're going to do. If the SEC and Big 12 go to a conference plus one schedule, look for most of those matchups to be plus one. So Georgia would probably have to boot its game against Virginia in favor of keeping their game against Georgia Tech. So you've got Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, Clemson, South Carolina. You know, those are some some big uh, non-conference games within the ACC and the SEC that it sounds like they may still try to have on the schedule. Geographically speaking, it makes sense. Those are in-state schools. They just they're in different conferences, so keeping that competition to in-state within the ACC and AC, SEC makes some sense there. You know, you're you're limiting the exposure to travel outside of your state to go play a non-conference game. So you know, that, that'll yet to be seen if that'll actually happen. But again, we haven't heard that yet. And so we're waiting to hear if that is going to be the case for the Big 12 and the SEC. And while the the Power 5 conferences are plotting and trying to figure out what their strategy will be, I'm sure we will hear from the Group of 5 conferences shortly after the Power 5 schools make their decision on what they're going to do for, for the season. I think we're kind of in a holding pattern. No one really wants to be the first conference or the first team to make a decision that could really send shockwaves through the entire college football landscape. But we are up against the clock now. You know, we are we are in the last week of July. The season will begin in a little over a month, or it's supposed to start in a little over a month. So pretty soon here... Big power moves are going to have to be made, and then from there, the dominoes are just going to fall one by one. So we're waiting and hoping that we'll get more information this week from some of the other conferences, but again, that's yet to be seen. On July 24th, the Board of Governors met, but it declined to make a call on whether to postpone 
Division One Fall Sports Championships of the Spring. And so they are set to meet again on August 4th. So we'll see if there's any decision made at that point. They're asking for 11 more days to really determine what the virus is going to do and monitor how professional sports leagues are going to do with their return to action. MLB just kicked off, what, last week uh, officially. And as I'm recording this on the 27th of July, two Monday night MLB games were postponed because of an outbreak of the coronavirus among the Miami Marlins. So the Marlins home opener against the Baltimore Orioles is off the table as well as the Phillies' home game against the New York Mets, which was scheduled for tonight. The Phillies played the Marlins this, this past week, and so uh, Miami, I think they had, what, 14 cases or something like that? Uh, something crazy, I thought I saw. Let's see. Uh, an outbreak has spread throughout their clubhouse and brought the total cases in recent days to at least 13. And this was from ESPN.com. And so the Phillies just left Miami, and so they're shutting it down. The, the MLB is shutting it down for the, the Marlins and for the Philadelphia uh, Phillies uh, because of them being in close proximity. They just played, and so they're trying to limit the spread of the virus. I haven't heard anything out uh, in the local news here in Philadelphia in regards to any players with the Phillies testing positive after their trip to Miami, but we're already seeing the league, the professional MLB, pivot its strategy. I mean... Everything seemed to be going smoothly the first few days of action, and this new outbreak is certainly pause for concern, and so they're going to postpone those games, so hopefully they can get that under control. But this virus is something that it's it's hard to control. We, you can't control it. And so we're, we're trying to put plans in place to adjust to how the virus spreads. And so hats off to the MLB for shutting it down for these four teams because they don't want to have this virus spread to other clubhouses and then spread across the country. So this is just we're just seeing it now. The first week of action just just happened and we're already having to shut things down for those teams. So if college is trying if the you know the NCAA is trying to watch how professional teams are doing with this, this is one example of what they have to do. They have to shut it down. And so they're doing that. The uh, NBA I think just started preseason action and so i've seen a little bit of the action just just passing through but i haven't i can't tell you that i've watched a whole baseball game since the uh this new 60 game uh schedule came out i I think it's cool that they have sports and that they can try to um give us what we want like we all want sports to come back i don't think there's anyone that is a sports fan who doesn't want sports to come back the ethical question you have to ask yourself is, is it worth it to have sports come back right now amid a pandemic that is raging out of control in the United States? That's the question you have to ask yourself. And so if you are, if you really want sports to come back without a, a good game plan for how we're going to limit the spread of this virus and how we're going to get people better and keep them safe, then that's that's your prerogative. That's you know that's what you that's what you feel, and that's you know that's your decision. But for me, I'm trying to look out for my neighbors. I'm trying to look out for people that I don't even know. And to me, it's not worth it to have sports come back right now. And I'm not going to come off that. I'm not going to change my opinion or my stance on that at all. I don't think it's safe to do. But if you're going to do it, 
Let's see if, if, if it can work. And so for the first week of baseball, it seemed like it, it worked somewhat. But we're now seeing that you have to kind of pivot pivot the strategy. And so hats off to MLB for taking quick action to shut it down for the Phillies, the Marlins, the Orioles, and the Yankees. With the NCAA, you know, I'm, I'm saying and I've, I've said before, it's not worth it to have college football right now. They don't even have a union you know, for the MLB and the NFL and the NBA, they have players unions that are advocating on their behalf to make sure things are at least somewhat safe and that there are protocols in place. Overall, I don't think I've heard anything from the NCAA as an, an entire organization about what it plans to do for fall sports and for college football. Everything that I've seen thus far has really been on the individual teams or the conferences to make that decision. And I'm a little disappointed that that, that's the reality of the situation, but did you expect anything different from an organization such as the NCAA that doesn't really seem to have the player's best interests at heart at all times? Sure, it's it's cool when a college coach can make millions upon millions of dollars and just hop to team to team without any sort of repercussions, but... College football players, they they receive a ten dollar uh, gift certificate somewhere, and they get in trouble. You know, it's just it's unfortunate that that's the reality and the, the system in which we live. But it is what it is. You know, I I've said my thoughts on this podcast before. You can listen to the down to the episodes, and my numbers have gone up uh, lately since you know this is all really broken out, and I've shared my opinions and thoughts on everything. So. I appreciate the downloads and the listens, and uh, you know if you're a new listener to the show, I appreciate you, and I hope you can stick around. But I'm not going to be one of those guys that says, don't play college football, it's just not safe, and then not offered any sort of solution or any sort of plan. So we haven't heard from the NCAA in regards to what their plan is, but if you want to have college football, here's what I'm proposing. This is Andre Cherry's proposed plan on July 27th, because I haven't heard really any any plan that really would work across the board, I think it certainly varies from state to state, from city to city. You know, outbreaks are worse uh, right now in Florida, I think, is the epicenter. So they may need to have a different approach than a team that's out in Wyoming. But at, at any rate, if we're going to say we need college football and, and we really want college football to happen, I think here's what you're going to have to do. These players are going to have to be in a bubble. So they're going to have to live on their campus amongst themselves um, and so whoever's critical to the team who's ever critical uh, for like for their um, for their meals whatever the case may be who's ever critical to the team and the athletic operations test them regularly test them every day uh, certainly test them before action and I think some some mandates have come out in regards to the testing strategy like testing 72 hours in advance to see, what the game plan is. I thought I saw something really crazy online that said the NCAA was saying that players should be tested 72 hours before the start of action. But if they test positive, if they have a a positive test and then they test negative, you don't need to test them again for the rest of the season or something, something crazy. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know, tweet me back. But I'm proposing that you can have college football. The players have to be in a bubble. You can't have any college students on campus. You have to go completely virtual because 
I don't think it's realistic to think that you're going to have these players play college football and then not interact with the student body in any way. And so say there's a, a player who has a virus unknowingly and spreads it to uh, a member of the, the general student body and then it spreads from there. I mean, you could really be, be causing outbreaks on your campus, at each campus and university by allowing general the general student body to come back on campus. I think you just shut it down completely. Have all virtual classes, have the players come back, but they're pretty much on that campus alone with the staff that's necessary and critical for football operations. And I think certainly with the testing regularly, I mean, I think that could be a, a viable option. And, and I'm not saying don't have students come back in vain. I mean, certainly, I think kids should be back at school, but it's not safe to do so right now. But if we are dead set on having college athletics come back, I think it is worth it for these universities' bottom lines to just have the players come back in a bubble on campus and nobody else be there. Because if you look at it, I mean, college football generates the most money the most amount of money for college universities. I mean, I'm looking at old numbers here, but the average school generates $31.9 million in football revenue each year. So, you know, we need football. We, we do need it back. And if you're dead set on having college football come back amid this pandemic, shut it down completely. Don't have, don't have any students on there except for the college football team and people that are critical to the operations because you're talking about close to $32 million of revenue that you could bring in from college football. Now, certainly, if you have games and action um, each week, that revenue, that that figure also includes fans and concessions. And so th- that component of college football won't be here this year. Like, I don't think any fan should be allowed at all. I, I wouldn't even entertain the thought of having fans come back to college football right now. Just shut it down completely. To just the only only have the teams playing each week and the, the coaching staffs, but no fans, no concessions. So in terms of what that bottom line looks like for teams, I'm sure that cuts into the $31.9 million. But you'll get revenue from the TV deals, which will still bring in a good healthy amount of money for these programs. But you can't have any fans at all. You can't have any students at all. And that's just my proposed plan for having college football come back. It's more than I've heard from most of the other conferences and from the NCAA as a whole. Now, under this proposed plan, even if we were able to have a college football start some point in the fall, I I don't feel confident in the chances of us actually being able to get through the entire season without having to shut it down at some point. Which leads me to another question in why should we even have it at all? Like if we're if we're gonna have to do all this pivoting and change the format of it, like is it even worth it to bring out college football players and to have athletes come out in it, whatever sport it may be, just to have to shut it down again? It just seems like a lot of wasted effort, and I know it brings in a lot of money, and there's a lot of loss of revenue there, but I would much rather just shut it down now and then think through it thoughtfully for next season on how we're going to be able to play sports in this new reality and i say it's a new reality because it will be a new reality it may we may be a year off uh, before the vaccine actually is mass distributed to everyone in the country 
And so it's going to be a while until, you know, we're actually seeing the the final effects of this virus. But I just think this is a new reality. Think through it thoughtfully because you haven't thought through it in the four months that you've had to think through this. And so I'd much rather you just not take a chance on people's safety and just shut it down and pick it up next year. But right now I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to check in with my good friend Casey Kane to see what he's been up to during this pandemic. And then on the other side of this break, I'm going to get into another proposed plan that I had for college football to resume action this fall. I actually uh, talked through this on a podcast that I released in April 15th of this year, which seems like years ago. But right now I'm going to check in with Casey, see what he's been up to. And then on, on the other side of this break, I'll get into my second plan for how college football can come back this fall. Stay, stay right there. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. What's up, Cherry Picking Podcast listeners? It's the man that Andre Cherry calls Casey Kane, Casey Kid History Callanan, jumping on the mic. Man, besides the Last Dance documentary, I think my number one, a lot like a lot of people, I've been catching up on television series, and I know that it's embarrassing to admit it, but I've never actually gotten involved with the sopranos like all my life i remember the last season it was on in 2007 um i was in college and people were watching it and i like would watch maybe like the last episode here and there but i didn't really follow the storylines because i had never watched the show up until that last season so now i am just catching up on sopranos i started episode one season one my fiance is a big Sopranos fan and she got me into it and honestly I can't stop watching it I'm uh, I maybe started like two weeks ago and I'm already up into well into season four there's six total seasons and I'm convinced this is the greatest television show ever made it's also fun that my dad is from New Jersey and I, I have cousins and family in New Jersey and I visit New Jersey quite frequently so I feel like I know all the little hangouts that they profile in the Sopranos for example there's a scene where Tony's on the golf course um, in New Jersey, and I'm like, that golf course looks familiar. And sure enough, I had been to that exact golf course that the scene took place at. So it's always cool things like that. You know, Sopranos is like the best written, best acted show I've ever probably seen. So, you know, we look for these silver linings during quarantine, and I'm definitely finding them with the Sopranos and, of course, The Last Dance. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. If we're talking about realignment, if we're talking about finding ways for sports to still happen, even amid this pandemic, what if football was realigned or college football was realigned by state? So, you know, I certainly am not a medical doctor. I, I don't know anything about how this virus is going to spread and move throughout the country. But what if we got to a situation where the virus has hot spots across the country in certain states? And as each state gets out of the hot spot and, and the trend goes down in terms of bending the curve, if we get to a spot where it's safe to have sports again per state, what if they regionalize sports so that each state was its own division or each state, uh, the teams within each state uh, were its own conference? So, for example, what if Alabama, the state of Alabama, say they don't have any 
COVID-19 or they don't have very many coronavirus cases to report on and they got the all clear that they could have sports again. What if Alabama insulated itself so that the teams within that state were the conference in Alabama? So what I mean is what if there was Alabama Crim- Crimson Tide? What if the, the Auburn Tigers? What if Troy Trojans? What if UAB Blazers were all one conference? So each team would play uh, home and in a way, and that would compose of the season. That would that would be the 2020 college football season. So that's Alabama. But what if P- Pennsylvania? Say they get they get the all clear. The trend is down. We're not losing any more lives. The number of infected folks goes down. People are recovering. What if this summer we get the all clear that okay Pennsylvania can have fo- football back? but it can only be within the state. So you're not going cross country to play football. So Penn State, you're not playing the other Big Ten teams. You're going to keep it in the state of Pennsylvania. So that means that they're playing teams such as Temple. They're playing Pittsburgh. And I guess that's it. There's only three D1 or FBS programs within Pennsylvania. So Penn State, Pittsburgh, Temple, they all play home and aways. And maybe they can play an FCS team in there as just as like the the warm-up to the season, such as what they normally do anyways. So Temple plays Villanova as an FCS team. That could be an FCS opponent that they play. So it's just it's just an idea, and that's an option if we're already thinking about playing MLB in some sort of new format, some sort of uh, format where it's based upon geographic location. I'm just thinking you could do this for college football. You could replicate this no problem. So like for Ohio, for instance, you could have the Akron Zips play the Cincinnati Bearcats who also play Kent State, Golden Flashes. You've got Miami of Ohio in there. You've got the Ohio Bobcats, Ohio State Buckeyes, Toledo Rockets. Like you could play a season within Ohio, only com- only composed of Ohio FBS teams, home and aways. You could do that. You could even break up because there are, I'm looking at the list here. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are eight D1 FBS programs within the state of Ohio. You could break that up. You could have four teams in one division. You could have the other four teams in another division. And you could set it up just like you do with Big Ten football, where there's two divisions and then you have the winners from each division come together for the championship game, which could be played at, in Columbus, Ohio at the Buckeye Stadium. So, you know, there's options there. And I'm just saying, I'm just trying to think creatively. If we can't play college football the way that we normally do, where you're traveling across the country and that it's it's safe to do that, you could regionalize college football so that it's only the teams within your state playing each week. I guess there'd be no fans in the in the crowd or in, the, in, in attendance at all, but you could still play the games. If we're going to say MLB could do that, why can't? college football do that it's just an option i'm just you know shooting from the side of my hip just shooting from the side of my hip but it's something that could have appeal i think people would still watch the toledo rockets take on the cincinnati bearcats people would still watch that because you're getting matchups that you probably wouldn't normally get you're getting a mac conference versus the american conference in a game that wouldn't normally mean much 
if this was outside the pandemic, but because we are now in this new reality, this new world, this might mean all the difference. You know, this could mean this Ohio, the Ohio State Championship. That could be make or break. You know, you don't, you don't really know. We don't, we don't know. And so it's just an option. And what do you think? Could it work? Would you watch? Do you think it's a good idea? What would you do differently? Like I said, I'm just, I'm trying to think what, what could college football look like? What could sports look like in this new reality? I'm really curious. So hopefully within the next few weeks, we get some more information as we get to the end of this month as to what MLB and what the rest of the sports leagues are planning to do. But until then, stay safe. Listen to the guidance from healthcare officials. I hope you wash your hands. I hope you don't touch your face. Don't touch other people's faces. Stay six feet apart from other people. Only go out if it's essential travel. Just be safe, be smart, be healthy. And I can't wait to talk to you guys again in the near future. Thank you for downloading this podcast. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. So with that, I want to say take care. And I'll holler at y'all. Peace. Like, I'm I'm cool, man. I really am cool. <laughs> Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website, cherrypickingsports.com. And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.